Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. Well, that should do it. Yeah. My God, isn't tonight Shirley's wedding rehearsal? Look at how we're dressed. Yes, this simply won't do. Let's change into something appropriate for the occasion and be on our way. I agree. Troy and Abbott being normal. Stephen Baker, you son of a bitch. You, you beautiful, rascally son of a bitch. What are you doing in here? Who let you back in this place? the doorman thought that we were still together and I said oh I'm just going up to surprise my boo thing that's why he didn't second guess the uh, trench oh, wow. coat that's disappointing I'm gonna have to give a very strongly worded letter to Angus and let him know that he need, he needs to stop he needs to stop doing that stop letting this is the fourth time this week a, listen a let, let Angie off with just a little swat on the tush yeah you're that's right all he needs. it's not his fault it's you for for waddling on into my apartment <laughs> We're not supposed to record a podcast today. You just no. walked into my apartment uh, and and said, and we're live, and now here we are. Yeah, I think the uh, 2006 flip video camera that I picked up at CVS uh, really added to the Ashton Kutcher of it all. There's still, whoa, there's, that was a lot to unpack. They're, <laughs> they're still selling flip cameras at your CVS. The one I went to. And what's the Kutcher connection? Just because somehow this is me being punked? This is a prank? This is all a prank. You you sprung, into my, you sprung into my apartment to make me do the thing that we do once a week without knowing that we had to do it. This isn't a prank. This is like my nightmare. It's like I, I have to give a report and I'm, I'm unprepared. And you don't have pants on. Pranked. Well, now that's usual. That's typical. <laughs> Hey everyone, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. You can't disappoint a podcast. Back and raring to go, huh? Yeah, I am both raring, rearing, and roaring to go. I'm roaring like too. Like rar with a W, like roar XD. Yeah. Nice. 
This is the the 60th community episode podcast we've done. 60 of these. Wow. That's pretty it, crazy. It doesn't feel a day over... It feels like 60. 59. It feels, <laughs> yeah, it feels like 60. <laughs> uh, I think with everything else we've done, we're at this... It's close to like 75 podcasts. Wow. We've done that many things, not our episodes? Yeah. Wow. Quite a few. It's a lot. Look at what all that content. Done? Look at all that content. And we still have so much to go because today we're talking about uh, the halfway point of the season of community that we're on. Wow. Right down the middle. We are right in the anus of this. This show, of course, but. is brought to you by our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Melissa LaPena. We love them deeply. They're the people who keep this thing going. And if you'd like to help support us, if you like what we do, go ahead and check us out over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We do our live You Can't Disappre show every week before we record the podcast. Uh, we have some side projects. There's like something like 23 hours of, of Patreon-exclusive content that's already over there, and we're adding more all the time. And we've been talking about some new ideas. Zach, are you saying there's almost an entire day's worth yes. of, of extra yes. us over there? You could theoretically not sleep for a 24-hour period and do nothing but listen to our exclusive Patreon podcast. I do not recommend you do that. I think listening to more than two or three episodes at a time is a huge mistake, but you yeah. could theoretically do that if you wanted to. And if you want us to mention your name at the top of every show like we just did with those three lovely people, the $10 and up patrons all get that shout out, but plans start at $5 to get all that extra content, all that mmm. I think those, that uh, a whole day's worth of us is worth at least $5. Okay. I'm glad that you think that. And I hope other people too. If you think that as well, <laughs> patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast and a shout out as always to our community papa at communities on Twitter. Without them, uh, I don't think there would have been loins that could have handled squeezing us out. It's true. There was one man for the job. I think we'd be fully grown mid-twenties men mm -hmm. still stuck in the loins of a, of a lesser parent had it oh, not yeah. been our community's papa. Uh, we'd still be swirling around, you know, just fighting each other for nutrients. Yes. And and now we're out here fighting each other for nutrients. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you should really get rid of the, of the I don't know what, the Umbilical placenta? Cord? You, he, Steven never let the placenta sack break. So he's just kind of been this <laughs> dripping snail I'm just snail like in a blob. dirty bubble walking yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. I look like I'm just wearing a condom. Like, Steven, it's way past time to get out of there. And like, mmm, all these nutrients. Can't, can't let any of these nutrients go. Oh, my God. It's like the most f***ed up version of that Jake Gyllenhaal bubble boy. <laughs> it's not providing you any extra safety. No. It actually puts me in almost constant danger. Wild animals yeah. really, really come at me strong. They're really attracted to it. And yeah. because I'm within it trying not to break it, I can't really fight back. And I'm sure it's made dating very difficult. And, yeah. and also the whole being a professional dancer. <laughs> My clients aren't thrilled. Yeah. And be much more They're successful. Like, up next, and then there's just loud gasps and screams <laughs> for the entirety of your performance. But you nailed it, so they have to give you tens. <laughs> tens across the board. I don't think there's any better way than that to, to say what Community Papa means to us. I think we did it. 
How are you doing this week, Stephen? We are recording this in a uh, kind of a, a vacuum time bubble, so this will come out quite later than we're recording it. I, I wonder what things may have happened in the real world between now and when this podcast arrives. You know, it's not how am I, Zach, but <laughs> when am I? Is that from something? Not necessarily. But it's exciting. The reason that we're recording these extra episodes, we're pretty much getting prepared. It, it's the end of August right now, and we're kind of pre-recording the whole month of September's worth of shows over the next couple weeks. And yeah. it's because we're going on a little trip together. By we the are. time this episode comes out, we'll be leaving in like two weeks. Yeah, I'm putting Zach in a suitcase, stuffing him in my trunk, and heading for the border. But I'm excited for that. I hope the world hasn't collapsed into into more despair uh, between now and then. Because honestly, things are kind of going worse. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. We just actually, on uh, in, in the city of Chicago on Friday, went back to a mask mandate if you're inside of a building. And this is, when we're recording this right now, it's August 23rd. So yeah. that, that's a couple weeks ago. We don't, don't know what it's like. Or a week ago. We don't know what mm-hmm. it's like right now. It felt like a month or two ago, we were like, yeah, things are pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Disney World. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it will be a lot of fun, but now it's like, oh, the masks are definitely going to be back on. Well, luckily, we're uh, going to be in Florida. So, you know, they're like a couple months behind with uh, their Right, rules so anyway. the little period of not having to worry about it will be just getting to them. Exactly. We're in like the eye of the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> What else do we need to do? Do we need to do anything else, or do you want to talk about the television program community? Let's talk about the television program community. We're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 11, Urban Matrimony and the Sandwich Arts. It's a little bit interesting that we're covering this episode today, because on my DVD, after the last episode, Regional Holiday Music, the next one listed is the one we're doing next week, Contemporary Impressionist, and then Urban Matrimony and the Sandwich Arts, and then the episode comes that comes after that, which I think is... It's like digital exploration. I don't know the full title, but it's interesting because the end of this episode we're covering today uh, begins to talk about Subway being a part of Greendale. Mm-hmm. The episode after this on the DVD order, I'm pretty sure, is the Britta dating a man named Subway episode. Mm. But because of the way that they aired it, where this episode was the first after that hiatus, uh, yeah. it goes this episode the like celebrity impression bar mitzvah episode, and then the Subway episode. So it feels like there's something interrupting kind of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah, uh, I wonder I why they did that. I was glad not to be doing contemporary impressions yet, because I don't mm-hmm. remember liking that episode that much. But I don't know how much of an improvement I'm going to gonna think that this one was either. So there's a little preview for what we'll be talking about. Yeah, I'm episode, excited to talk about this one. Me too, I am too. So Urban Matrimony and the Sandwich Arts, it was directed by Kyle Newichek. This is his first or second episode directing Community, depending on how you look at that season three episode order, because the only other episode of Community he directed is the one we're doing next week, Contemporary Impressionist. So we did two back-to-back, and that's it. Wow. Good good for you. Get in, get out. And, and it was written by Vera Sant... Oh, I moved my thing. One second. It was direct. Uh, it was written by Vera Santa Maria. This is her first and only writing credit on the television program community. So it's a lot of a lot of new blood this episode. Yeah, you know, you got 
the guy Kyle from uh, from the Amanda Show. You got mm. the ship that Christopher Columbus came it across. Originally aired on, on March fifteenth, two thousand and twelve. It was the first episode after that several month hiatus for the show after regional holiday music. And so for many people, after rallying to get the show back on the air, this is the episode that they got it back on the air. It's back on the air. You know, this is a a return. I don't know if I'd call it a triumphant return for them, but they certainly, it is an episode of Community. I'll give it that. You know, I can't help but realize now that we never introduced ourselves. I'm sure the people listening to this program have no idea who it is talking to them. Oh, it's true. Why don't we strike it up? Okay. <clears throat> I'll go Motown first. Motown Philly's do. back again. Hi, I'm Zach, and don't you use your sexy voice with me. Bringing a little East Coast swing. Uh, and I'm Steven, and I also have a thing against second marriages tight jeans and calico cats let's do some trivia before we get into what we thought (laughs) about this week's episode let's talk about what we learned from this week's episode and see what the other person learned i've got quite a few i've got six questions okay you, you i've got uh five questions and one thought what does that mean i'll find out So, what do you want me to do just give you one then yeah go for it Okay, what does Britta think an analogy is? Um, it's like, does she say an idea or like a, a thought that is wearing the hat of another thought or something like that? That's what it is. It's a thought oh. with another thought's hat on. Nice. Um, what Wayans brother does Andre mention in his proposal to Shirley? Hmm. I feel like it'd have to be Damon. It is Damon Wayans. Um, I've been watching a lot of New Girl lately, one, right? and Damon Wayans Jr. is on is that very show. funny on that very show. Funny. He's also very funny on an even funnier show, Happy Endings. Do you hold Happy Endings above New Girl in your rankings? Hmm. I I think maybe I have more warmth in my heart for New Girl, but I think Happy Endings is funnier. Okay, I will agree with that. I'll take it. I've, I've been watching through New Girl because I never finished it. I hadn't seen like the last two seasons. So I just got like to where Megan Fox just left and Jess is back. Sure. I, I mean... It's fine. I always really liked point. New Girl. It dipped for the last couple seasons, but not in any way that... Yeah. I would hold New Girl in the same vein as a show like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I really enjoy and is really funny, but it's not quite earth-shattering. Sure. Uh, but it's really it, – it's some of the better comfort food television, mm-hmm. whereas so Happy Endings is funny. almost closer to an Arrested Development type of thing where their show was kind of like – they were very aware of what type of show they were mm-hmm. in the genre of, and they kind of poked fun at that with their show. Happy Endings they is did. really clever. It's really good. Yeah. Happy Endings, not that this is a Happy Endings podcast, and I'll leave it in a moment. But I love, one of my favorite things about that show is that Dave, who like is painted early on as like the mm-hmm. hot main lead guy, is one of the funniest. Like, I don't know how hot you could say he is. He's not very hot. I don't they know paint him hot. as that in episode one. You think they paint him as hot? I think so. Maybe I was just into him. I, don't I think know. that might just be you. Might, might be me. But yeah, good show. Funny show. Your next question Alex? Is that where we left it? Yeah. What three things, and you've already answered this. You're going to know the answer. What three things does Shirley say her church frowns upon? Ah, um, I believe it was second marriages, tight jeans, and calico cats. 
That is correct. Nice. I'm glad I got it right earlier. It's my turn now. (laughs) What are Troy and Abed's normal superhero names? Is is the first one just normal man? Is it normal man and regulario? Close. Ordinario. Okay. Mm, I was pretty close. You were really close. What website has Pierce created for Shirley's company? Um, (laughs) HTTP forward slash forward slash backslash forward slash no https no there's there's two slashes he says slash yes and they're not forward and backward or forward and forward i didn't say that was the issue you said no right is it the http (laughs) colon yes forward slash forward slash Yes. WWW period. Um, then like something about like webs, web dot members dot webplicity <laughs> custom sites, all one word dot, <laughs> dot C and then he starts being interrupted. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. That was a funny, funny moment. Um, <laughs> what does lavender mean in the floral world? Yeah. I almost used that. Lavender means surprised. Ooh, close. Impressed. Impressed. Mm-hmm. What is the name of the man helping with the flower arrangements? You should have seen the face Steven just made. It was not an I know the answer to this question face. Dave? Dave? Gaith? Okay, so first you said Dave. <laughs> I like, said Dave with a T-H. D-A-I-T-H-E. You've got the first two letters. Yeah. Dale. It's, yeah, it was Dale. That doesn't count. No. Because you said Daith first. <laughs> but you did get there. Um, what does Britta come from a long line of? Uh, I don't know. Like traditional women? Thinking Close, but there was a, a specific. I don't know the answer. She said, I come from a long line of wives and mothers. And Annie said, sure. many do. <laughs> How many hours and drinks did Jeff's speech take? He had six. Um, McAllen needs. Oh, you're such an asshole. <laughs> Steven looked behind himself to look at the bottle that he has that's also McAllen, I assume. So he went, oh, he had six. Looks behind him at his fancy alcohol bottle. Uh, is that in between the Naruto and cat with penis? Uh, of McAllen so he could name check. There is a cat with a penis not too far from the bottle, so you're pretty spot on there. Did you see the, say the hours? Um, No, a two? No, the line was, that took me six hours and six McAllen neatses. Ah. You're not doing so good on mines. No, I, I'm not? You got the first two. Yeah. And we've done five. Oh, your turn. Well, you're not doing so hot on mine either, Zach. Well, I didn't say I was. So, you know, uh, my next thing was the thought, and then it was Ni- Yvette Nicole Brown is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, and then yeah. you can go ahead with another question. She you did have look two really more, great right? in her uh, rehearsal dinner slash mm-hmm. wedding outfit. Say Do you what? Two more? No, that was your thought. Yeah. Do okay, you have two so more or one more? I have one more. Okay, then I'll go ahead and ask you a question then. 
Uh, okay. What is the dance called towards the end of the episode? That oh, shit. The it's the something step. Is it? Or the something shuffle. Is it? I don't know. The Lindbergh Lean. Oh. Which is a whatever. play on the Lindy Hop, which is a dance that I teach for a living one of the ones i'm not very that not little dance moment was one of many odd touches it was really weird episode. wasn't it it was pretty strange what idea did pierce have stolen from him by you Adam know what Sandler? zach you really uh didn't let me give my fun fact about why it was called oh the Lindbergh lean but it's fine it, adam sandler what? stole the idea for jack and jill yeah i can't wait to hear why it's called the Lindbergh lean let's hear it what instead of the lady hopper the lady whatever. hopper the lindy hop is what you're, you're googling it because i have to remember the guy's name to make sure oh my god <laughs> you were trying to be like impressive i was ah here we go no yeah that was true okay i just wanted to make sure i was right um, so Charles Lindbergh, the guy mm-hmm. that the aviator, is that the guy the aviator's about the movie? I thought the aviator was like Howard, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. Okay. Well, Charles Lindbergh is the guy who flew across the Atlantic and the dance Lindy Hop was named for him. So that's why they called this one the Lindbergh lean. So it would be named after the same guy, but it'd be a different thing. That's all. That was the fun fact. I hope that it was worth it. That was really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but to answer your question, Zach, that I cut off. Uh, you said Jack and Jill. It was yeah, Jack and Jill. Yeah, Jack and Jill. You that hate was... Jack and Jill, don't you? I've never actually had the balls to watch it. Really? See, everyone always hates it, and then they're like, well, I couldn't even get through it, or I didn't watch it. Jack and Jill's funny. I've seen it several times. It's not good, but it's really funny. Al Pacino, Dunkachino, come on. I like the person Adam Sandler. <laughs> I think he is a talented comedic performer and can act when he wants to. Mm-hmm. I don't like most to all of the movies under his production really team. They're very lazy comedy in the writing. Sure. And there there's a lot of things about them that don't hold up. I, not that long ago, got in a really heated conversation over the film Fifty First Dates with somebody. Was it me? No, it was friends that came over, and I was, like, talking about why it's a shitty movie. I love Fifty First Dates. He was so offended. He was talking about how, like, he he caught it on TV, and it was, like, late at night, and he couldn't sleep, and he watched it, and he cried. And yeah. I was like, bro, he's totally sexually assaulting that woman. Is he? She can't remember anything and has to wake up every morning and watch a VHS tape that says, Hi, I'm schlubby Adam Sandler. You're pregnant with my baby. But she loves him. she's like, what? I thought I was 19. (laughs) But they were in love. And when she loses her memory and she goes to a place. Are they in love? She painted his face. Are they in love or does he adapt to make his attraction to her work for her situation she painted his face all over that room zach all i'm saying paintings of adam sandler all i'm trying to say is that adam sandler is a sexual predator and (laughs) and i don't like the majority of his movies he has a couple of decent ones Do you like like grown-ups no of course i don't like grown-ups is funny uh, if anything, I could give him a couple of the early ones, but not the ones that everyone would. I don't think Billy Madison is any good. Oh, 
I think Billy Madison's funny. Do you I like think, the Wedding Singer? Wedding Singer's great. I was gonna say I'll give him the Wedding Singer, but it's been a while, and I'll give him Happy Gilmore. Just go with it. No, anything he's made, any movie, blended. Adam Sandler and an attractive woman go on a vacation <laughs> and fall in love while they're there. F- that. Well, clearly, you've never been on a vacation with Adam Sandler. He's very charming. Anyway, we don't have any emails to read this <laughs> because we're recording this in a time bubble. I'm sorry. Adam Sandler gets me heated. Punch Drunk Love, he gives mm-hmm. a tremendous performance. That's a yeah. wonderful movie. I haven't made the time to watch uh, Uncut, Uncut Gems, Gems but I've heard it's tremendous. I would love to watch it. Uh, I think the guy's pretty funny, and I also think for someone who's insanely rich, he mm-hmm. seems like a pretty down-to-earth guy. Yeah. I just think he doesn't have very much passion for filmmaking. So therefore the movies that are kind of under his umbrella are pretty half-baked movies and scripts with funny people in them. That's a fair description, but I doesn't I don't think that makes the movies unfunny. I mean, no, he's not going to win any I, I Academy it, Awards for screenwriting. I think it does make the movie unfunny. Fifty first days is great. Uh, I was gonna say one other thing, but f- it, who cares? Oh, oh, can you name me any one Adam Sandler movie that doesn't have Rob Schneider playing a a a racial stereotype of someone else's race? The face you you just made does not encourage. So we're gonna I'm sidestep thinking- from that. <laughs> And move forward to Rob Schneider's favorite segment of this podcast, everyone. We're going to find out, based off of, uh, I don't know, no evidence that we've ever been given before, if Steven did, in fact, pay close enough attention this week to be able to tell us everything that happened on Urban Matrimony and the Sandwich Arts in 20 seconds. How do you feel about this? There's a lot that took place in this episode, and it's kind of very weirdly paced so i'm not super confident myself zachary all right well that's i'm gonna blame it on the directing that's about as reassuring as your rob schneider answer but we're all gonna (laughs) link hands across america and find out as a nation did steven Steven watch the episode this week this week all right buddy i've got it queued up are you ready i think so Three, two, one, go. Coffee's expensive, and Pierce's dad's dead, so he needs a new business, and he wants to do a racist security, but now um, Shirley's going to do sandwiches, but then also at the same time, she's proposed to him, she's getting married, but she doesn't want to start the business, and then uh, Britta and Jeff are drunk, and Jeff hates his dad, and then the wedding is off, but it's back on, and the dean's upset about it all. Okay, so... Oh, shit. Uh, that was a, that was a C. Mm-hmm. That was almost a C minus, but look, you didn't, t- you did kind of, uh, uh, give off the, the vibe of this episode in general, how it was kind of a, this happened and this happened and none of it was terribly inspired and, <laughs> but it's a C, it's a C this week. I'll take it for missing out on the Troy and Abed plot. Oh shit. I won't change my grade, but it should have been a C minus. 
I got that they were getting married, then they weren't, then they did. Let's talk about, well, yeah, but the episode title kind of gives you that. I think the episode title gives you just about everything about this episode. Yeah. Urban Matrimony, Black Wedding. Yeah, did they need to call it that? That's another, was that, is that, come on. Yeah. I feel like there's, I feel like on paper what's presented to us, there is very little about Shirley and Andre and their wedding that is like an urban like style. No, not at all. It's it's just a typical like Christian, uh, a little bit thrown together because of the location they have to have it at. It's like a, a very very normal wedding. Yeah. Not that not that there's a such thing as normal wedding, but you know what I mean. No. It's almost very much like so. they just had to put in the episode title that they're black. Mm-hmm. Which it it helps clear up a lot of confusion for me. So I'm glad that they did that. But it does. Well, feel- yeah, because when they say urban, you know, stay away. Oh my god. Yeah, it's uh, uh, threat level four is Mm -hmm. what that tells me right away. Exactly. Before we get into our thoughts on the episode, let's talk about our favorite funny moments. And I did have a couple. I Mm -hmm. I wrote down three things. I had two that stood out to me. The first thing that stood out to me was Abed. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, that was really funny. And then even Annie, ah, when he he says what he's really doing. I thought Danny Pudi sold that really well. Uh, the second one, just being in general, Choi and Abed being normal, I think mm-hmm. is the standout from this episode, especially their Choi and Abed being normal. I thought it was, that was very great. well acted. Uh, it, Abed throughout the episode, really his, not quite Don Draper, but his like normal guy voice was, was very satisfying. And, and I thought they pulled that off really well. And the last thing is the Dean, when they show the slide of like the money bags, bald guy, and he's like, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I love the little Disney Dean with the money bags. That was great. Yeah. I had one more uh, thing there that you didn't say, Zach, and that okay. was when Britta said she felt like a Steppenwolf wife instead of the Stepford Step- wives. That Stepford, was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. And a very Britta thing to say. Do you feel like they shat on Britta too much in this episode or that they made her too dumb, or did you think that this was, like, okay? No, Britta's my honorable mention for MVP mm-hmm. this week, which we'll get into later. Yeah, I, I think this was, was a pretty good Britta episode. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the episode because typically the more I sit on an episode of Community as we get ready to talk about it, I find more things to like about it. Mm -hmm. And this time, it's kind of the opposite. I don't think that I liked this episode very much, really at all. I So the first time I watched this episode, I was a little tipsy. And I was like, maybe that's why I thought it was extra weird and I didn't really like it. And then I watched it not tipsy and I liked it less. So. Wow. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I I actually really liked the first half of this episode. And then I was like, oh, it's only halfway done. I can't even give it that much. I literally, I think the only thing, I, the only reason I would watch this episode again ever is just if I'm rewatching through the entire show mm-hmm. or because of the Troy and Abed being normal part. Yeah. But that's such a small segment of this episode that does very little for me. And all the time we're complaining about how we want to see more Shirley-centric episodes. And here is a perfect opportunity to dive back into the stuff that works for that character. Uh, some of the emotional stuff Yvette has done in the past involving like 
her torn feelings with Andre when he was gone. I think mm-hmm. they could have made this a better episode, but instead it feels much like a, oh, we have to do a Shirley episode, so let's rush one out. It doesn't feel, I don't know, Shirley is almost a non-entity in her own episode a little bit. I, I don't know, It just this episode well, didn't I, work very well for me. I still think Shirley, like Yvette did a great job in this episode with what she had, and I think that Shirley still stands out for me. Um, in the episode overall, because I think she does do a really good job, and she nails the like sales pitch and all that. So I think Shirley did a really good job in the episode. So I don't know if to me she was quite a non-entity. I just think that they the episode itself was so there wasn't much disheveled. of a point. There yeah. wasn't like a plan or like they dragged out something that could have taken ten minutes, or they did something without a lot of substance when there could have been a lot more emotional background to this for all the characters and they try to a little bit but none of it plays super well yeah. the other thing that i didn't love about this episode is we've seen a couple of episodes recently that are kind of closer to a traditional sitcom episode of community mm-hmm. but even when they do that it looks like they're it's almost as if they're doing an homage episode to sitcoms and putting their own community spin on it, like Annie's move comes to mind. Yeah. How uh, the setup of that is so classic sitcom, but then there's like a paint fume drug mm-hmm. trip, and and it goes total community. This feels like the lesser of that kind of thing, where it doesn't feel like they were inspired by anything to make this episode. No. It it feels like a traditional sitcom episode of Community in a not so good way. It just feels like it, it it's missing. It's missing what makes community so special, I think. This almost felt like at times, like I wouldn't have been surprised if there was a laugh track in the background. Like it seemed like that kind of sitcom where the pacing was weird. There were weird like camera shots that were way too close to people's faces. (laughs) Now, we're not to season four yet, and it might have some writing and stuff in it that's worse than what I remember. But doesn't this almost feel like it could have been a season Absolutely. four episode? It feels like season four writer's room, uh, the list of things from previous seasons that they want to go back and touch on, like Andre. Mm-hmm. And so they did the, I don't know, it feels just a little off, but let's dive into it and see if if talking through it helps or hurts the episode. We'll see. And I even had a problem with the very beginning oh never mind i guess now that i pay attention i I can see clearly what it was in the beginning when i first watched it and jeff's taking a sip of coffee and talking about how shitty it is yeah and then annie mentions i miss having a coffee shop my thought was like when did they have a coffee shop but he had no they had a coffee shop it's always been hot and brown but in this episode it was like well then how did jeff just get that cup of coffee. I thought he got it from like a gas brown station or something on the way no, there. No, Hot and Brown's always been the the, the Greendale coffee shop. Uh. But in the in the shop before this, I saw that over in the area where the coffee shop was, there's a coffee pot and cups. Mm-hmm. So he poured himself the cup of coffee over there that they have since they don't yeah. have the coffee shop. I also didn't see that. But I just thought from the beginning, now that I have seen that, it makes sense. But from the beginning, I was like, why is he talking about the coffee sucking and then Annie talking about I miss the coffee? You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. initially felt kind of weird. Yeah. And I guess we'll start off this episode with something that we that we often have been starting with lately. And this one, it's been interesting to follow this season. Well, let's do a little bit of Chevy Watch. Oh, yeah. Um, where, where is he? He'll oh, come I mean, in he in just in, a yeah. second. 
because uh, the episode starts off with the the coffee shop is gone from a while ago when Chang burnt it down looking for a conspiracy mm-hmm. uh, while he was living back there with the mannequin leg. And now uh, they're 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 trying to talk about how they missed the coffee shop, and this is where Shirley first gives her idea for what should go there instead. That piece of thing, that's great work. It's a good thing to give Shirley to do. Literally mm-hmm. from the first or second episode, the first episode of the show, Shirley talks about how she wants to sell her baked goods and whatnot on the internet. And then early in season one, there's when Pierce like teaches her how to give a speech and stuff. So yeah. Shirley wanting to start a business like this in the school and Pierce being a part of it makes sense. It's a good idea. I like that. I, I think would have so almost preferred an episode about that, period. Well, and I now that I'm thinking about it, now that we're on Chevy Watch, for being the like co-main person for the B plot, he's really not in this episode a whole lot. That's what we'll talk about. Let's talk about Chevy Watch. Chevy shows up in the beginning, and he's dressed up in a '70s businessman kind of way. He's dyed his hair. He kind of looks like if in the '90s David Letterman went down a dark path. Sure. Uh, and he kind of looks like that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where Danny DeVito as Frank puts yeah. a toupee on and goes back in business and kind of dresses the same way. There's some. Okay, so Chevy. Pierce is in this episode a little bit more than a couple of the recent ones where it was like he shows up in the beginning for a line, shows up at the end for a line, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because he's in this episode a little bit more, it kind of highlights how much he seems to be phoning it in. Oh, yeah. I almost felt like almost every line that he delivered in this episode kind of sounded like it was coming from like a pilled out kind of mumble of slurring his words Uh, did you pick up on that at all i thought this was definitely one of chevy's worst episodes of the show i mean he just seemed like he wasn't very and he he seemed uninterested and uninvested before but at least he like did vaguely what he was supposed to do this one just seems very you much can, like he's reading the lines and he's like, okay. And you okay. can feel his disdain for like the silly bits that they're having him do. Well, especially when I mean, we get to the end tag, but the whole end tag was so awkward and uncomfortable because he didn't want to be there by some part. Are you talking about the ice cream thing? Yeah. No, I disagree with you there. I thought that was awkward. It because well, let's let's save that yeah. for a little bit later. We'll, we can talk about that when we get to it. I almost think it's the moment right before the end tag that is this episode at its most awkward with Chevy Chase. The whole I think maybe that's why I couldn't enjoy the end tag was because we'll get the ending to it. was so weird. We'll get to it. This episode's weird. <laughs> Chevy Watch. Uh, on the audio commentary this week, it was a very boring audio commentary. It mm. was Yvette and Gillian and Malcolm Jamal Warner, Mm. and it made me so uncomfortable. Look, I think Yvette is a lovely person, and she seems very kind, but she clearly has this huge crush on Malcolm, and Mm -hmm. is it Jamal or Jamar? Malcolm Jamal. Jamal. I don't know why I always always have trouble with that. (laughs) Malcolm Jamal Warner, uh, it's clear that she has a crush on him, and she even has this, like, safe word that she says like when he when he's around like on set and stuff and in over this 20 minute audio commentary she said this phrase which is green grass that she's like oh green grass green grass she said that like 150 times oh boy and like uh malcolm and uh, gillian are both like ha 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 and it was really uncomfortable but they talk about chevy a little bit they talk about how 
later on in the episode, the the wedding segment of the episode, uh, they okay, so Malcolm was sick, so he had to leave early. Mm-hmm. And then they said, and Chevy wasn't there either. He must have gotten sick like Malcolm did, but Chevy wasn't there either, so he was supposed to be in that wedding sequence. Yeah. He's not. He was supposed to be in it. He had a scene with Shirley and Andre, and Chevy didn't show up. <laughs> That's not so good. So they filmed some scenes for this episode like a month later, one with Chevy and one with like the wedding people, and uh, yeah. Uh, so Chevy Watch is taking – and also in the audio commentary, they let us know that it was the day before they find out if they're getting a season four or not. So we're oh, like wow. on the precipice of is Chevy leaving or is Dan getting fired or is the show getting canceled? So it's yeah. been really interesting to listen to this. But that's beside the point. Chevy has a mess of an episode this week. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of just a mess of an episode this week. You can't even really laugh at the image of him because he just doesn't commit to it. What do you think about his investment joke? Do you think the the racism webcam thing, do you think that was funny at all? Eh, I didn't laugh at it, but it, I can see that there's a joke there. The reactions of everyone else make it a little bit funny. I yeah. think Jess, uh, the future of the past is the whatever. However yeah. he said that, I thought was kind of funny. funny. But this is a joke that... I feel like other shows have done something like this before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm in a bad mood about this episode already. I don't know. It, it wasn't super funny. I also think that they could have picked a better... If this were a little shorter or if they had done it all in the study room, I think that there's a joke later on that would have been a better cut to the theme song than the one here. Yeah, you're right. It, but before that, let's talk about Andre. Uh, this moment does not feel like community to me at all. Where the lights lower, a boys to men impressionist band comes out. Starring along with Andre. season four winner of So You Think You Can Dance, Joshua, who's right there on the screen in front Is of Is that me. who that was? Yeah. I haven't watched So You Think You Can Dance, so mm-hmm. I didn't recognize uh, like Malcolm sells this pretty well. He does the moves pretty well, and and they're all singing the song. And Shirley is really happy to see her man. But it just feels like something that a when Community does something with heart, they usually think hard enough to not make it saccharine to the point of not feeling true. Mm-hmm. Whereas other shows have heart just because the episode ends with the heart filled moment. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I, I feel like community, I don't know, it feels a little bright and shiny in a way that this show doesn't. Well, and also, he's not a student there. I don't think these three men are students here. Why is he doing this in the middle of lunch at Shirley's school? I think there's a better time. Everyone in this vicinity knows that he cheated on her with yeah. the stripper. Yeah, it's a little awkward, but it's a proposal, and it and it gets the episode going in a couple ways, because right before this, we had Shirley's plot with the sandwich shop and with Pierce mm-hmm. kind of spring forward, and now we have the proposal and her, her re-engagement to, to Andre going on here. And I feel like throughout this episode, you can definitely see that Yvette is just starstruck and in love with Malcolm throughout yeah. everything. And I will say I that it. Malcolm does a really good job. I think he fits into this world pretty well. Mm-hmm. 
and he plays off of people well. The uh, chemistry between him and Shirley is very real and feels lived in, feels comfortable. Yeah. And it could feel really awkward when you just have the significant other come in like once every season or yeah. less. But they, they feel like they know each other. Sure. So they're engaged and everyone's applauding. Uh, uh, and th- what cuts us into th- the theme song, it kind of gives away that Jeff and Britta feel a little bit weird about this. And that's mm-hmm. kind of going to be their thread moving forward. And then the last joke is that Abed picks up Pierce's racist uh, threat yeah. level thing and aims it at the, the embracing couple. And, and the computer asks if they should notify the authorities. And then we get the theme song. Yeah. It, it it's almost for the worst that it kind of just gets worse from here for the yeah. most part. I don't know what it is. I just I'm just down on this episode. Tastes like sand. I don't know. It wasn't wasn't for us, Zach. No urban weddings on our watch. Oh God. Uh, a moment that I did actually really like that's a small moment is after the theme song, they're all kind of talking about this around the study table, talking about Shirley getting remarried. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pierce, it makes him think about all his weddings. And then he, like, ranks them from mm-hmm. best to worst. And Abed, like, immediately commits this to memory and, like, repeats it to show everyone that he got it. I don't know. I thought it was a yeah. nice little Abed moment. <laughs> it's important to Abed that he remembers pieces of information like yeah. that. And, and I like that. Uh, Jeff and Britta immediately are griping about the wedding, griping about Andre, griping about uh, Shirley getting remarried and about weddings in general. And this uh, section of the episode, I will say, if I have to – so Troy and Abed are the high point. If I have to give a second high point, I think it's Jeff and Britta in this episode. Uh, I, I do kind of buy their narcissism towards it, why someone getting married – just brings up all of their personal thoughts about getting mm-hmm. married, especially once you reach a certain age, I think. And I, I think it really rings true how they're talking about it here in front of everyone. And then as soon as Shirley walks in the room, it's, oh, my God, we're so happy for you. Yeah. You're going to be You're glowing. such a beautiful bride. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty true to life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Have you been to many friends' weddings yet now that we're getting to this age? How do they make you feel? Very excited, honestly. I like weddings. I haven't gotten to go to, like, a ton, a ton of them, especially because I live here and I don't, like, see a whole lot of people from back back home very often. But, um, yeah, I like weddings. I, I'm excited for my friends that are getting married, and I think that it's it's cool that we're, you know, some of us are at that point now where we're thinking about that and we're doing yeah. things. But I also it's- think it's cool that we're all, like – part of being an adults being at different points depending on your age i hate that people put so much pressure on themselves like oh i'm this age already and i'm not you know i don't own a house and have kids and stuff and i'm like that's fine do you i think that's something that i hope goes with our generation because i think a great number of people from our generation (laughs) will never own a house yeah and who cares who cares if as long as you can like afford a place to live and you like where you live I don't want to Who mow cares? my own lawn. Oh, God. You're That right. sounds awful. It's hot yeah. outside. F*** would I do that? Yeah. Ugh. Weddings are nice. The first time I went to a wedding as an adult that was friends that I had known for a long time, it did make me emotional because it's mm-hmm. this big moment of like, wow, look at all of us. Yeah. And I didn't think I would, but but they're getting married and my, my, my heart swells and... and and I can't wait for the day where you and I get to get to cross that bridge. It's going to be great. 
can we walk each other down the aisle to our own wedding to each other? What song do we walk down the aisle to? Um, can we do Troy and Abed's version of Somewhere Out There? Yeah. Nice. Lily and I joke about like memes that we'll do at our wedding all the time. And one of them is that we'll walk down the aisle to uh, Fly by Sugar Ray nice. and Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba playing over top each other at the same time. <laughs> that sounds abysmal, like but I'll happily away. perform that. Uh, of course, with your permission, I'll have I'll have you hand over Lily to me. Uh, as as is customary, sure. I also think whenever we get married, that we're gonna probably not go by a lot of the standards. I think that sure. for my wedding party, the people that stand next to me, I don't think it's just gonna be men. No, I think that because I have. Well, I have male friends, female friends, and, and trans friends that are like the people that are closest to me that I, mm-hmm. that I would like to have next to me. And I feel like I shouldn't – I don't really have a huge extended family, so it's not yeah. like these are the cousins that you've got to include and stuff like that. So I, I think it'll – Yeah, I, I really hope be... that my family doesn't expect me to put like – that. Like I know like I have friends who like they had to put like their cousin and like their brothers and stuff up in the party. And I'm like, it's fine. Well, I, mean, I, I love know my people brother. People that have but... gotten married that, if you talk about the wedding for very long, the sentence like, "Oh well, we have to do this because my parents are kind of paying for everything." Yeah. Uh, anyway, would, I, I don't really want to do that. I Mm-mm. I feel like, I don't know. I want to have like a party, and we're yeah. weird, so it's probably going to be weird, and everybody should get on board. Totally. I plan on standing up there wearing the um, outfit that Mac wore when he did that dance where he like rolled across the stage and well you will not sunny. be invited you i'm crashing zach give you know lily this. away and then you'll be escorted out by the authorities <laughs> please can you have security violently remove me from your wedding multiple times yeah i you keep can like tell sneaking that there's in so little to to commentate deeply <laughs> on about this episode uh this scene here uh everyone is getting themselves involved into shirley's nuptials they ask jeff to give a toast uh annie pretty much wants to plan the whole thing and overwhelms Shirley with it and Troy and Abed the gem of this episode as they are many episodes they talk about how they just watched the inspector space time wedding episode and all the things that that Shirley should do to keep from marrying a blorgon or whatever <laughs> the situation was and she sends them on the on the path of they need to to, to behave normally that she wants them to not be themselves, but to behave normally. And it gets us that beautiful Abed scoffing moment. I really, really like it. That was it. really funny. I like it. I do like Troy's line. And then Troy will try not to embarrass you at your college library wedding. <laughs> That's something in this episode that really, really makes so obvious how this show doesn't go outside anymore. Yeah, why would she get remarried in the study room? Yeah. He doesn't go there. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I don't know, what a perfect opportunity for the show to, I don't know, introduce us to more of Shirley's family or something. Yeah. Doesn't Shirley have family that would show? Why are they only her her, her study room, uh, like her, her community college study group at her wedding? Why is it? Yeah. I guess maybe her family isn't happy with it because of the situation, but they could have told us that or like thought about that. Also, why do you have like guests at the rehearsal and not just people who are in the wedding parties? There's like 
just some random people just sitting around there. And if we're just going to shit on this episode, which it seems like we are, yeah. here uh, Pierce brings up that he's made a, a meeting with the dean to talk about Shirley's sandwich shop. And then the, the conflict of the episode kind of becomes Shirley is torn between putting her time into the sandwich shop and putting her time into remarrying Andre when I feel like it doesn't have to be like this. I feel like the dean would have been like, Okay, well, I understand you're getting married. We can talk tomorrow. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this ultimatum. Like, like it has to happen tonight. Like, no. One of the funniest, if the only funny, Pierce line is when he is reading off the website and he gets cut off. I think that's pretty mm-hmm. funny. It's very reminiscent of uh, the joke from The Office where Creed talks about his blog and he's like, Creed thoughts Creed dot thoughts. blogs. Yeah. And That's it's just funny. a word document. <laughs> funny. Shirley says she's got to leave to practice her walk, and she stands up and, like, dramatically looks the other way and starts, like, walking mm-hmm. slowly off. I thought that was funny. And then this is a bit that I can just tell that Chevy hated. Mm-hmm. He's going down this path of trying to sell different things and make money off of different things. We'll learn why later. Uh, it, it's honestly something that is a little bit interesting for them to do with Pierce's character, but something that they can't do a lot with because of yeah. the the person that has to deliver the lines but he stands up to reveal one of his other products the trouser bench it's like something i imagine that it has to be like rods that go up your legs yeah it's gotta be like a kickstand become stable mm-hmm. and then a seat in your butt that maybe like extends mm-hmm. so he he tries to show everyone that his trouser bench and he pulls out a remote that's connected to his pants and sets it there's like a mechanical noise and then he sits down on it but when he gets back up his pants rip and it's very clear that something goes up his butt yeah and the way that lily laughed every time this happened but the way that that chevy delivers the will somebody call every ambulance or all the ambulances yeah, all i don't know it was just not the funniest joke to begin with and then pierce so clearly uh i don't know he i don't know it's just awkward and the way that chevy doesn't deliver it wholeheartedly it doesn't do the half joke any favors yeah i i do think this is what would have been a better cut to the opening joke though like even if since i'm going to rewrite the episode real quick even if like in the cafeteria after the proposal um he was like oh i'm glad we're gonna do the sandwich thing because uh, if I otherwise I'd have to go with these and then do it then it could happen then it could cut to it I don't know I just really prefer that to the joke they did use going to it because I feel like it wasn't funny yeah. at all before and this wasn't that funny but at least I can laugh at it and you can't just blame it on being first time writers and directors because I'm sure it was still a room effort it mm-hmm. must just be because it's in the middle of the season yeah and it's right after the big Christmas episode and it's right before the big subway episode and the big pillow and and blankets blankets episode. So maybe this is just one that didn't get as much love as it needed because they were excited about other ones. I don't know. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm sure that there will be people that listen to our podcast that aren't happy with how we're kind of shitting on this one, Mm -hmm. but it really feels like a half baked community episode. Yeah. And it's disappointing because the season kind of started off this way and it got a lot better. And this doesn't make me super hopeful, especially knowing that the episode after this is one that I have not liked that much in the past, just as a fan. Yeah, we had been on a really good run of episodes, I feel like, 
of it being more consistent and being, you know, the high quality, high concept type of stuff, even the not high concept, there's been a lot of just normal episodes this season that were really good, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, this is not the return to form that I'm sure people were, were hoping for when community went off and then back on the air. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that. I'm sure people maybe even have rose colored glasses when it comes to this episode, because the idea wasn't so much how mind-blowing the episode was but thank god all of us tweeting got community back Mm -hmm. but i'm sure it had to feel a little bit like oh that's i'm so glad community's back but i'm more excited for next week's now yeah i'd be interested if you i would be interested to hear from people if you were around like i know some of you like our papa uh if you if you were around when community was airing at this time i didn't start watching it live until season four uh if you were watching it and you were really following that it was gone and back were you a little bit let down by this episode? And if it was what you wanted out of the return, let us know why. Yeah. Of course, the gem of this episode does begin here with Troy and Abed deciding that they're gonna uh, they're gonna excise all of their weirdness in a 24-hour period so they can just be normal at the wedding. And I don't like some of the dialogue that sets up this storyline, honestly, because mm-hmm. it feels a little too just... I don't know. It feels like when they come up with the idea that it's just the writers having them come up with the idea in a way that's easy for them to write. I don't know. I do like the couple of lines here, though, about what they should wear. Yeah. Uh, when Choi starts like, we should just wear boring gray suits. And, and and then it gets to the point of like, and, and paint our bodies gray and lay it down <laughs> on the ground and we'll just be the ground. Yeah, that was funny. I think that the Troy and Abed thing could have been just as bad as some of the other stuff in the episode if Danny Pudi and Donald Glover weren't so incredible at portraying these characters. Yeah, and the characters are so well set up that Abed could come... It's kind of like a pinky in the brain type situation Uh where Abed could come up with, like, any harebrained scheme and be like, you know what, Troy? You know what we're going to do? And Troy would be like, yeah? He'd be like, we're going to set out to murder the president of the United States of America. And Troy would be like, absolutely, I'm down. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. These characters are so easy to just get them on the same wavelength as each other. And so you don't even have to ask yourself questions like you do with some of the characters. Like, would Jeff really get this invested into this? You know that they would because they're so invested in each other. Yeah, exactly. And I love the idea that them trying to not be weird at a wedding ends up being weirder than if they had just been themselves at the wedding. Yeah. I love how they crab walk away as they decide to start being weird. That's pretty funny, too. Then we cut to a scene uh, Shirley and Britta. Uh, what's Britta trying to do here? Is Britta kind of trying to to put her nose in Shirley's business and, and tell her that she shouldn't get married a little bit? Is I think she's happening? more so trying to get her to not use the wedding as an excuse to not do the sandwich thing. Cause that's what it seems like is why she told Pierce, never mind on the sandwich. Right. She's too busy. And I think Britta's going at it from more of a, you're a powerful woman. You can start your own business. You need to do this now instead of falling into wedding planning. I'll help you. Annie can help that sort of thing. Well, I feel like she's going about it in the wrong way. Because if you want to help a friend out in this situation, even if you're not happy about the wedding, if you put any hint of that into there, you've lost them completely more than likely. It really needs to be more like, 
surely don't let this keep you from putting everything into the business idea as well. Mm -hmm. You're capable. You can do all of this and we can help you. You shouldn't be like casting doubt. You should just be like heaping encouragement. Totally. I, what do you think of Shirley's line, you're dipping, dapping, and don't know what's happening? That's fine. Okay. <laughs> that one stood out to me. Yeah. I think it's it's the uh, same meaning as you're all up in the Kool-Aid and don't know the flavor. And that goes over my head just as much. Ah, so it's saying, Britta, you're talking about these things that you know nothing about. The dipping and dapping is you're up with a group of people, high-fiving, like, yeah, we're chilling, but, but you, you don't know what's know, going on. Yeah, yeah, you don't know why they're all celebrating. Exactly, and they're you're up in the Kool-Aid. Because they were just at my... the January 6th insurrection, mm -hmm. exactly. and you just want to give out high-fives to people. Sure. But now you're complicit. Exactly. <laughs> and the Kool-Aid one is like, you're all up in my Kool-Aid. You're so close that you're in the drink that I'm drinking, you know, in my Kool-Aid, but you don't know what flavor I'm drinking. You can't this, see the this color. This is the first of a, a couple of... Okay. I get it now. Sorry. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of jokes in this episode that don't feel like community. Oh, my God. This... Yeah. And this is the first one. And it's not Yvette's fault. It, it's the one... So, Britta says, maybe I should help you do something with your wedding. Maybe I should take over it for you. And, and Shirley just looks at her and starts hysterically laughing. That was a decent enough mm -hmm. little bit, but then it cuts to black. There's text on the screen that says literally two full minutes later. It cuts back to her cleaning herself up after laughing and crying. I do like that she hands a water bottle to someone yeah, off screen. Yeah, that's It's like, oh, thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you for helping. But the, the text on the screen and the cut away from the joke and then back into it, it feels for a second like a completely different show and not a particularly funny one. No, and it's made worse by them immediately doing it again, which makes it even less funny than it originally was. You're right. Britta says that she's serious, and then Shirley has a your serious face, and then again, text on screen one minute later. And then they don't even really make that one into as much of a joke because after it cuts back, she's like, you're not helping. Yeah. There was no like, oh, my God, thank you, or like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, there was no button to it. It was just a joke that didn't work super well the first time, but if you keep the scene moving, you don't focus on it. Mm -hmm. But they must have thought it's so funny that they did it twice that makes it double not funny by the end of it. Yeah. I don't know. Annie walks up to them and says, hey, guys, did someone say Annie help wedding? <laughs> and I love the Annie. I almost wish they would have done more with Annie in this episode because you can tell that she's one of these women that from the time of being really little has had all of these ideas about her wedding. Yeah. She's got this really decked out wedding planner notebook that you know is just ideas for her own wedding whenever she gets married. I'm I'm sure if you flip through all those pages, you'll find a Mrs. Jeffrey Winger oh, in totally. there somewhere. Uh, and I like the conflict that they do with Britta in this episode, but they do kind of push Annie to the side when Annie could have had some good stuff in this one. Yeah, I think that it would have been better if they had just like fleshed it out a little more and maybe like actually have Britta and Annie who start on kind of opposite sides on how they view weddings. If they had them kind of flip flop by the end of it, that would have been a little bit funnier or at least something, you know? Yeah. yeah. All that we really get out of the scene at the end is uh, they get surely to commit a little bit more to the situation with Pierce and to, uh, to to be business partners together. And the then way Pierce that scene was shot, 
was Chevy not on set at the same time as them? Because it looked like shots of just Chevy and then shots of them reacting. That might be the case because it really did look like he wasn't. It could have been that they didn't film that scene with the women on the same day that they filmed the scene with yeah. Pierce in that get up at the study table or at the cafeteria mm-hmm. table. So maybe they just got those extra shots of him the same day. So Pierce only had or Chevy only had to show up for set. Yeah. Like three out of five days that week or something. I hate how much I'm able to notice that lately. Mm-hmm. That it almost like, oh, I'll be kind of happy when when Chevy's off the show, so we don't have to pay attention to it anymore. It's true. Even if I'll miss when Pierce was at his height, uh, I think we're past that at this point. I don't. We think are. I think the best anymore. of Pierce is behind us now. Kevin Lanigan said it when we got to Advanced Gay. You know, back the weeks ago that we did Advanced Gay, it feels like months and months. With, yeah. With like how much of a non-entity on the show Chevy Chase has become. Uh, that Kevin Lanigan pointed out that may be the last good Pierce episode and maybe the last Pierce episode at all. And boy, does it feel like it so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that say, episode. I feel like the video game episode sure. is more Pierce-driven. I look forward to that one. But, yeah, I haven't seen that one in a long time. We're to the point where Chevy bumps me out. And right after the commercial break, it's another Chevy scene. It's Chevy and Yvette having like a business meeting and Pierce showing kind of mock-ups for, for what he's come up with uh, for, for Shirley's business. And he has this, you know, probably racist image of like a, 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 a sexy, for, for lack of better term, the, I'll use the term the show uses, urban woman mm-hmm. on top of a croissant and... I don't know. It feels like lazy Pierce writing even. I, I, yeah. I, I also, It just all feels half-baked. They are aware that yes. there's a joke to be made about how he's calling her urban. And they make yes. the point to say, hey, that's not great. And yeah. they still name the episode Urban Matrimony. Maybe that's supposed to be a joke, but mm. it's not a funny one. No. She's modern, she's urban, she's fun, and she's hungry. <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. It just doesn't work. And it's sad because the episode in season one that paired the two of them up was a really good pairing. It was mm-hmm. something that worked well for Pierce. It was something that worked well for Shirley. I get why they would return to that well again. Do you think it's just because... But it can't just be because of Chevy's lack of interest. It's because the writing isn't what it it's was the in storyline in season one as well. The whole, like throwaway joke that i was talking about the like oh because he says she's urban then he says well she's not your normal black she's suburban black and Turby like is she urban or suburban he's like half urban that whole thing was so unfunny and unnecessary unfunny and also it's when you make jokes like this on tv i feel like anything just about can and should be able to be laughed at mm-hmm. but when the but the joke has to be on that pierce is a racist yeah and the things that he's saying are inappropriate and everyone else knows that and something's wrong with his brain and it feels like now that they've done that so many times the joke is very often more becoming just pierce saying something racist mm-hmm. instead of the joke being on that he's pathetic of course pierce is pathetic yeah but if this was your first episode you had ever seen of community you might be like why is this show making so many racist jokes totally it doesn't feel like it's coming from any place so it doesn't feel like it's coming from the right place yeah and then the way pierce delivers the surely 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 it's just 
not funny. I feel like Pierce, the way Chevy performs him this episode, he feels like he's on drugs. He feels yeah. like he's pilled out. And not the good and ones, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a chance that that could be true because I think Chevy Chase's addictions uh, lasted into his old age. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I hate hating on this show. I love this show so much. But it's hard not to when we so much. take an in-depth looks at so many great episodes and so much like really funny stuff the show has done that when it does stuff like this, it just is disappointing because... It's lazy. And for, an, for Big Bang Theory, sure, this would be a solid episode. I'll take it. But this show is yeah. better than that. Yeah, for any other show, this would be... Like, we had a conversation... Was it on the podcast where we were talking about New Girl and Happy Endings? And I think stuff? so. It was the beginning of this episode, yeah. Like... For a show like New Girl that I love and think is really funny and only have it a couple steps behind a show like Community, mm-hmm. they could get away with doing something more like this because it's okay to watch an episode of a show like that and be like, okay, just present in it and when it's done, it's done. Community, so often there's jokes that you'll be thinking about the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. There are character beats that are just so... I, I don't know, man. It, it's So like when people hate on an episode of Community... Community fans go quick to saying, well, a bad episode of Community is better than a, a good episode of anything else. Yeah. And that might be true, but it's still a bad episode of Community. Of community. And as a uh, reviewer of the show that we do on this podcast, I feel like we, we got to talk about it. And we can't just – just because we love the show doesn't mean that we can't be a little tough on it. Exactly. But honestly, we're we're nine minutes through the episode, and really the only thing that's made me laugh was Troy and Abed in the hallway deciding to crab walk away, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and Abed's, oh, oh, or whatever he says. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It's like little tiny oh. moments because these characters and their chemistry is so great, but... But the the plot that's stringing it all together is barely there. Pierce reveals here to Shirley as she's getting annoyed and fed up and about to leave that he's been fired from Hawthorne Wipes. And that makes a lot of sense that that's why he's been acting the way he has, why he's been like dressing as if he's trying to get a job, why he's trying to hawk all these nothing products to try to make some money off of them. That's a conflict that if they made this storyline a little bit more about that, mm-hmm. I would understand it. And and I feel like the idea is for this to lead to the moment that ends this episode with Pierce. Yeah. Uh, but it just feels so half-baked that you don't really care. Totally. It's very much like, let's throw this in there a little bit so it so this can be like a, a thing that's in-universe. But they don't go anywhere with half the stuff. And I don't know how much they do with it after this no. either. Which I guess we'll see. But it, but it makes total sense that the company would hate Pierce and be so annoyed with him. They have to employ him because his dad yeah. uh, runs the company. And now that he's gone, they don't have any use for him. So they shit can him. That makes total sense. And if Chevy Chase was an actor who was willing to dive into the more sweet, earnest moments of the show, it could be a really good moment for a character like Pierce. Mm-hmm. But it's he isn't and Pierce isn't, so it's not. Well, and it's hard to feel bad for him, and they try and do this, I think, because they need a reason for Shirley to, like, take the lead on it and to be more Overlook invested. Overlook his help. horribleness? Yeah, but he says, like, I just am, now I just have a bunch of money sitting around, so let me help you, but he's not really helping her. She's doing yeah. this all. She's helping him. Yeah. He says, let me invest in you, and it's 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 funny because it's, 
it, it does what it needs to do and it makes Shirley feel sorry for him so she agrees to help him but he's and maybe this is a little more clever writing on the show's part if it's supposed to be like this he he's manipulating her yeah he didn't he didn't give any of the information about losing his job no. and, and needing help until that was like the last thing he could do. There's nothing earnest from Pierce about this. No, not at all. He's totally being manipulative and it works. What can be said about this episode is that you're right. The Yvette really does a good job this episode. She sells a lot of these moments, that long shot on her deciding whether or not mm-hmm. to help Pierce. Yvette did as good of a job as she could with it. She really is eating up all the camera time she yeah. does this week. And I, I'm happy that we get a little bit more Shirley. But it's immediately covered up by another not-so-good bit when he at, when she asks him for a pen and he digs into his pockets and can't find anything but money and is just throwing money all over yeah, the no, place. Yeah, no, what the f*** was that? That almost feels like something that Chevy would do and they're just Yeah, like, why is show. he dropping it everywhere? He's like, oh, 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 but let me do it again. Oh, oh, oh. wait, I have more in this pocket. Oh, Thankfully, now we get a slight reprieve, and it's another little moment that I like. I like these bits. I like the floral arrangement guy. I like how, man, if they had made this episode a little bit more Annie and Britta-centric, how Annie has so figured out what weddings are like, and then Britta has been so against it, but like instinctively knows so well how to do it. I could have seen that being a good plot line where like Annie gets jealous over that and uh, but instead we just get a couple little non sequiturs. And this is a really yeah. funny one. The shot of Britta being like, well, anyone can put together a floral arrangement. And you see her just be like, here, I'll take a couple of these, couple well, of I these, think... and put one of these on it. And then it's a beautiful flower arrangement. Well, and I think it would have been funnier if like either at the same time or right before it, Annie tried to put one of those. She's like, Ooh, I bet Shirley would like this, this, and this. And it's like hideous and like not look like not good at all. And then Britta was like, well, what about this? And then, like, makes it look like that. That would have been really funny and could have fed into that Britta-Annie storyline slash rivalry. Sure. I won't give the show that much flack for this because I do think this is a pretty funny bit. And I like what they do with Britta quite a bit in this episode. Uh, that she's able to begrudgingly tap into her more feminine side I think is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And then right from that we go to another bit that is a pretty classic moment. Maybe the only pretty classic moment from this episode mm-hmm. the dreamatorium door is shut there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in there we hear all kinds of crazy sounds and then troy and abed walk out uh with streamers all over him troy's got pierce's dad's <laughs> ivory wig on and they walk out and they look ridiculous but they're immediately in this normal boring persona where they're like oh my stars shouldn't we be wearing something a little more appropriate and it, it's really funny it's really funny. And then they shake hands and say, Choi and Abed being normal. I really like it. Which is really it. funny. That was great. Danny Pudi and Donald Glover. You're right. They Because the that could have been really slight. stupid. If, it, if they didn't have the, the just tight-knit chemistry that they have, uh, the show is so lucky to have them because you can throw almost anything at them and they'll find a way to make it funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a, less sh- a lesser show would do this exact same plot, these exact same lines, and it wouldn't be... 50% as funny as it is. It's yeah. hilarious just because of these two men. They're such beautiful boys. They truly are. Okay, now this is where it starts looking really weird for me, this episode. I think this scene, and then there's one later on that I'll point out, but the way it's shot, I you know more about that stuff than I do, but something about it just felt so off to me. Let's talk about it then. The We're lighting. outside of the library uh, in the little courtyard. Uh, Jeff and Annie run into each other. Is it just because they're on a set and it doesn't look like they're outside at all? maybe that's it but i don't know 
Like, they've been in a similar area to this. There's one right outside the cafeteria. This might be the same little spot that yeah. they do sometimes, but this one just looks so weird. I don't know if it's the background, like the angle that they're talking to each other at or what, but it's it's weird for me. This scene does feel a little misplaced. It feels a little unnecessary. There aren't a lot of funny jokes. The turtleneck line is kind of it's funny. It's fine, yeah. Uh, but it would have made sense more that... I don't know. He says that he tried to do it to keep Troy from wearing turtlenecks, but why would it matter? I don't know. Well, Troy's because cool. Jeff wants to be the turtleneck guy in case he decides that he wants to be in the future. I don't know. The scene, like several in the episode, just kind of halts it again when it was starting to build a little bit of steam with Troy and with Abed and with Britta. Uh, Jeff's toast storyline and him struggling to find the right things to say, it's not a good thing storyline because no. even if Jeff has all these problems with marriage and they want to comment on that which they can Jeff is a professional bullshitter in every sense of the word yeah. how many times have we had some conflict that Jeff knows nothing about but is able to walk right into say the exact right things and everybody's crying he should be so well poised to say exactly what he needs to say at a wedding uh and I kind of like later on when it gets into the drunk Jeff territory, mm -hmm. but I just don't buy that he'd be this stressed about it. No, he literally, I'm sure, has given toasts in the show already that were bullshit and roused and rallied everyone to whatever cause Jeff wanted to at the time, you know? He says that this one's his kryptonite because it's so obvious to him that marriage is dumb, but I feel like all of the things that he tries to convince people on, he thinks everything's dumb. So he's always convincing people about something that he thinks is dumb. He gave a winger speech about a diorama. <laughs> and then there's another joke that isn't funny no. and doesn't feel like community where Jeff's heart starts beating after Annie walks away. Maybe we're supposed to think at first that it's because of, of feelings he has for her. But then he looks down, and on his chest we see, like, a visual representation of, like, his ribs and what's going on in his heart. We see, like, different flashes of things like Annie and dogs and cars and drinks and phone. And, and it lands boobs. on a picture of a drink, and then it goes back up to Jeff, who says, I could use a drink. It's not funny. That's definitely one of the moments in this episode that feels like this could have been a season four episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really didn't like that at all. Mm-mm. Thank God, finally, the show decides to end our punishment by, okay, sure, it's another Shirley and Pierce scene, and that's not been the best. All of a sudden, also, why is Pierce in a different getup now? He yeah, he's in a... He washed the dye out of his hair. He's in a suit. It's just because Chevy didn't want to wear that outfit. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a different set day, and he said, I'm not doing that again, so they gave him something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully, the show gives us a little, a little bit of some Dean. That always and I think helps that levy The Dean's anything. great here. I think Yvette's great through this whole scene, too. Really, the next few. There's some really great work that Jim Rash does throughout the show where he's, like, listening to all the stuff that Shirley's saying about business and about profits and about marketing and their plans. And he has this really great demeanor of, like, listening. and But you can tell that he knows nothing that, he, that she's oh, talking about. Oh, absolutely nothing, yeah. And then she'll mention something about money, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. And like I mentioned earlier, when they show the little bald cartoon man, and the Dean's like, that's me, I think it's <laughs> a very beautiful Jim Rash line reading. That, man, any bad episode of Community, you put the Dean in it for a second, you let him yell excitedly about something, 
and you forget some of the bad stuff. It brightens it up for sure. Uh, the D needs a pen to sign something, <laughs> and Pierce now in his pocket has a pen instead of money, and Shirley and Pierce give a look to each other as if this is like a growth moment for Pierce. I don't know, man. Yeah, he just has a pen. I don't know. <laughs> Andy shows up at the rehearsal dinner for the wedding, and even though we've commented already how weird it is that they're doing this in the study room, uh, the way that Britta went on to uh, uh, to design the, the wedding venue, it looks great. It's gorgeous. The show, because they don't film outside very much anymore, throughout the rest of the series, they will redesign this space in a lot of different ways that mm-hmm. that are really, really cool. Something that's, that that I remember is in the Meow Meow Beans episode, mm-hmm. they turn the the study room into like the lounge for the fives, yeah. and it's like this white futuristic void. They do all kinds of really cool stuff with the study room, and I thought this worked pretty well if you look past why they're having the wedding here. Mm-hmm. Even, like, the fake grass and everything on the floor. Yeah. So Britta did a really good job putting it together, but she feels like shit about it because she feels like uh, her femininity is inevitable and she's just follow falling into it when really she's discovering a talent that she didn't yeah. know that she had and it has nothing really to do with her femininity and uh, good for Britta. But it's very Britta to, like push it as far away as possible yeah because it's not her idea of what she should be doing i think it's pretty funny i think if any character in this episode has some good thoughtful work it's britta and that's good because she's been kind of the punching bag lately you asked me earlier on if this episode frustrated me with britta was there stuff in it that frustrated you no i just think because I, I definitely did not feel frustrated by it at all, but I know they kind of shit on Britta a little bit. Shirley does earlier, and then later on, Britta kind of descends. But I it, that stuff worked for me a little bit. So but I, I didn't wondering. so much, even as much as that Shirley laughing joke didn't work, I didn't see it so much as the joke is on Britta being stupid. It's on mm-hmm. Shirley being high maintenance about the wedding. Yeah. that she That anything anyone does wouldn't be good enough. It wasn't so much like oh, but you're Britta and everything you do is bad. Maybe that's supposed to be the joke, but yeah. I didn't think it, it quite played that way for me. Uh, I think it, it's clear in this episode that Britta is very, very talented at this and everyone yeah. recognizes that. And now that we're at the wedding, we do get a couple of the highlights of the episode. Troy and Abed in their suits walking in. I can't say enough about how perfect Abed's serious guy voice is. He, I don't. Can you recreate it? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? The way that he like kind of... He talks like he's from the, like from the fifties, and he's like he's he like a baby. It's cold outside, almost kind of. Yeah, he does. I don't know if I can on. do it as well. I'm not good at doing Abed very well. This was Ooh, an interesting line. Brito walks up to Abed, who's dressed up all nice, and says, "You're gonna make a man very happy one of these days." No, I think she said that about herself. Said, "I'm gonna make a man really happy someday." Is that what? Is That's that what, what she, she said? said? Yeah. Okay. Annie asks why they're being weird because it's so clear right away that Troy and Abed are yeah them being normal is them cosplaying as characters <laughs> so it doesn't feel normal at all and Annie asks what's up and and Abed's like oh we've dewhimsified ourselves and Annie's <laughs> like oh good I thought that was a funny <laughs> little moment I like Annie's dress quite no, it's a really bit pretty. they all look very very nice mm-hmm. Andre shows up and 
what I thought was really funny here is when he's talking to Troy and Abed and it's kind of awkward, it reminded me of the first episode with Andre where Troy is trying to tell Andre that Shirley might be pregnant with Chang's baby. Yeah. And they have this really, really awkward conversation between the two of them. And Andre is like, I'm going to go talk to somebody else now. And he walks <laughs> away. I thought they kind of threw back to that a little bit here. Yeah, they did. With him taking everything they say wrong as he usually does, taking them as being sarcastic. <laughs> and and Andre's just like, walk away, man, <laughs> when they're saying that they're invested in his situation. So they just smile and walk away. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Super funny. Jeff shows up and Annie corners him about his toast if he had come up with anything. And he drank a bunch and spent a lot of time on a speech, which is deduced to the ultimate speech cliche of Webster's Dictionary defines. Yeah. And that was also kind of a funny bit because so many TV shows do that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's the absolute... Like, I didn't know how to start this with something from the heart. So I yeah. said, like, Webster's Dictionary defines speech as a man speaking in front <laughs> of everyone for, I don't know. I thought it was a funny bit yeah. that they kind of called out how often that happens. It is disappointing what they do with Annie in this episode because she is deduced pretty quickly from having stakes in how invested she wants to be in this wedding mm -hmm. and how she's kind of being pushed away to just being the person for Jeff to confide in, to to just kind of be a foil for Jeff's struggle. I feel like they yeah, really do short stick Annie to this. Yeah, and she I, she had a whole wedding book. They could have gone into that and had her do stuff. I just think this episode spent its time in the wrong places. I do like what we're getting to with Britta and Jeff in this episode. Jeff mm -hmm. like loudly exclaims, "I don't believe in." Uh, I don't believe in weddings, and Britta walks by overhearing and says, well, I do, it's inevitable, and hands him another drink so they can both get more drunk and eventually uh, attempt to marry each other yeah. for not the only time in the history of this show. No. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a really funny thing that I'm past... Maybe there were points when I could feel a little tinge of something for Jeff and Britta. That's totally gone. But yeah. I do love the way that they bring out the side in each other. That's <laughs> like, you know that they don't have feelings for each other, but that they're like, all right, let's just get married. What else yeah. are we going to do? I think that's pretty funny. And I like it when they bring that out in each other, that they're so, I don't know. It's almost like a you're the worst type situation. Oh, totally. Two people who are so backwards for each other that they attract like magnets. Mm-hmm. This seems pretty funny. Uh, Shirley is missing her rehearsal dinner, but she's in the cafeteria with the dean showing the space where the coffee shop was and what she would use it for uh, uh, for the sandwich shop. And you're right. Yvette looks incredible in this episode. Yeah. That she dress looks, looks really great on her. No, really beautiful. I love the dean, like his hand on his chin, stroking, trying to pay attention, make business decisions, but he has no idea what's going on. Uh, the way he says, and how... This school will the quarterly earnings be? And <laughs> really like, funny. That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? The dean does bring up a good point, though, that Shirley is really good at business considering her college education has been at Greendale. I cannot believe you learned this at Greendale. Pierce shows up, and they're toasting over cans of soda to their business venture. And one bit that's bizarre and might not work for you, but was just bizarre enough for me to work is right mm -hmm. here 
when Pierce says, look at me now, dad, as they're toasting, I like how look at me now, dad, has kind of become a yeah. small running joke because they're toasting. And it's really Chevy's fault that it sounds like this. But the way that he just like throws away the lines, like, look at me now, dad. It's like yeah, Chevy he says it in such a Underselling the line. But it, it, I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And then it's even funnier how, for some reason, Dad and then Shirley connects all the things that she's supposed to be at the wedding reception dinner right now. And mm-hmm. then after she runs off to get back there, the Dean's like, that was a weird dot to connect. Yeah. <laughs> dad, Andre is the dad of my children. I'm supposed to be marrying Andre right now. I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But back at the wedding or rehearsal dinner, things are just devolving into a very Greendale situation. People are getting drunk. People are getting angry. Maybe Jeff and Britta are getting a little bit horny, and they're acting out of it. (laughs) And pretty soon Shirley is going to show back up to to see that things changed a lot because she wasn't there. Uh, Jeff asks Britta for a drink, and Britta very quickly throws together a super nice-looking mixologist beverage. Yeah, super cute. And this is another really funny line delivery when Jeff says, what's with you? And and drunk Britta's like, this is who I am. She just whispers <laughs> it. I thought that was pretty funny. Now, here's what I thought was a, was a stretch to make believable. Okay. Is it surely would be two hours late to her rehearsal? She forgot for that long. And I get that she wasn't focusing on it, but at the same time, I don't know. That's a lot. And that it, nobody, like, called her or – It is a stretch. But some things, and I think it's just because of the chemistry that Shirley and Andre have, when it becomes a conflict between the two of them, even though it's a stretch because of all of the not-so-good mm-hmm. building work the episode's been doing, I kind of for a second am like, oh, no, he didn't. You know, I'm kind of like, oh, he did not just say that to her. Yeah. I think they did a decent job performing the scene. Uh, Shirley shows up. I think so. Shirley is great. She, she's really excited because she just got this good news. And sure, she's late, but... I think at this point, Shirley feels pretty solid in her relationship with Andre. Yeah. That he's going to be excited for her, and she shows up all excited, and he's angry because she's late, which is also kind of understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're they're upset at each other, and Andre talks to Shirley in a way that's not very respectful. When no. When he calls her woman. Woman. And Shirley apologizes, but isn't taking it like serious in the way that Andre thinks she should be. There's finally a moment where she uses the voice that she's always using, the, oh, Andre, I didn't know, and, mm-hmm. and, and Andre. That was a really good Shirley impression. Thank you. Oh, ha-ha. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and Andre says, don't use your sexy voice on me, and everyone else in the room is like, oh. <laughs> but I don't know. They're mad at each other. There's a conflict here. Uh uh, and the 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 issue isn't really that Shirley was late. It's that Andre wants to go back to normal so he can get back to his stereo business. That's a funny <laughs> line. Just a throwaway what Andre does. But yeah. Andre wants their relationship to go back to the normal of before they split up in the first place, which I think is a man who made a mistake in a relationship. I can see that, that once things yeah, look like he they're getting back to, to that path – but Shirley knows that because of what's happened, their new normal isn't going to be their old normal. Their mm-hmm. relationship's going to little, going to be a little bit different now. It's going to look a little different. Sure. And 
that will involve Andre like owning up to his mistakes, which Andre doesn't seem willing to do. He just wants to jump back into their relationship. I do think there is a little bit of good relationship drama in this, and the two actors perform it well, but the episode around it does not add up to it, which which does it a disservice. Mm-hmm. So for a moment, they don't know why they're getting remarried to each other, and Shirley leaves. Uh, she leaves again because of the way Andre's been been treating her. We talk about how great Yvette looks. Look at how good Malcolm looks. Oh, he's really handsome. Good-looking man. Mm-hmm. Abed walks up, and since he's normal Abed, he thinks, even though after his first interaction with Andre went so <laughs> terribly, he thinks he can make things a little bit better and walks up to him and sighs and says, these shrimp are to die for. <laughs> God, I love Abed so much. Yeah. After a commercial, things are still kind of in a disarray at the wedding. Uh, Shirley's sons are, like, play fighting with each other. Shirley and Andre are fighting outside of the venue. A really funny moment here where Shirley's sons are playing, and they point a toy sword at Ovid. And they say, walk the plank. And Ovid says, I think you've mistaken us for pirates. You see, we're community college students. (laughs) That was very, very funny. Because in any other day... Uh, oh yeah they would have been so into this and they would have put the kids off by how seriously they took the pirate thing well and i like that now troy's starting to kind of you know within his normalcy worry about it because he's he's like wow that would have been kind of fun fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but abed like puts that away says like oh that's an interesting thought cheers to that my everyday friend i like that (laughs) And then Jeff decides it's time to give a speech. God, is it a bad time? He stands up and says, Shirley asked me to say something nice at her wedding. Shirley and Andre are fighting outside. Yeah. I don't know why he's picking this moment. This also isn't the wedding. But Jeff. Jeff's drunk. <laughs> uh, I like that there, Leonard's there. Yeah, there's a drunken shut up Leonard. Those teenage girls you play ping pong with are doing it ironically. That's a funny That's one. Funny. Yeah. Leonard just kind of nods like, yeah, I know. Jeff's awkward drunkenness, his speech here, I feel like the way Joel plays it in the beginning is a little awkward, but once he gets into it, I actually quite like this. Yeah. Uh, he, he's trying to figure out the right thing to say at the wedding, and, and he can't come up with the right thing, and the drunkenness has led him to sadness, <laughs> as we've all been there. And then Jeff starts, like, yelling about how his, his dad left, and his dad promised he'd stay forever, and he's, like, crying. I think this is a good moment. We have seen Jeff break when it comes to anger, but we don't often see Jeff break emotionally like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this was a decent Jeff moment. I, I couldn't enjoy it as much as I would have because I hate the camera angle. Why is it at that weird, like, in-his-face thing? He doesn't normally do that. You know, I, I'm just sitting at a table sometimes, but they normally have a more full-body shot. And I think that was just so weird to me because it was like a weird angle for his head. That it to detracted the point that it took from, you out of it. Yeah, and I thought Joel did a great job with this. See, but I it took me out of it. Remember watching it and being like, "Oh my god, look at that shot of him!" I thought it was funny. I don't think it bothered uh, me as much. I can kind of see where you're coming from, though. Mm-hmm. I thought it was weird. And then Britta is also drunk and like raises her hand to to go along with Jeff's point. And now Jeff and Britta are gonna get married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Britta walks up drunken yelling about how she's destined to be a wife and that's all that she's ever gonna be and they're fighting over that and then it's like well we'll get married right now it's a fact let's prove it how many kids are we gonna have it doesn't matter you're in charge (laughs) and the cutaway to Avhead saying it's almost too conceptual to follow but i love it yeah i don't know i think that's funny that jeff and britta 
I don't know. I, I said it a little bit before, but the way that they're drawn to each other in the most off-putting way, I think, works really well. It's great. It works really well here, especially because obviously the two of them don't have any like romance between them, but they still have chemistry, just not necessarily the good kind. So we're almost done with this episode. I, as much as this is the one we've been the most negative on so far, I don't know if I think it's my least favorite of the season so far, or if I just think it's like the most boring, inconsequential episode of the season so far. I think because that's what it is. There's nothing in here that offends me to the point of when Annie was throwing a hissy fit in Geography of Global Conflict, but there's also nothing that's like the high points of some of those episodes, other than, I guess, the Troy and Abed stuff. But it's even just a that, I don't think, episode. yeah. Disappointing is the word I would use, because like you said, it's boring. Like I, the whole second half of the episode, I was like, you know, even when I was enjoying what was going on, I was like, is this still, wow, I have this much time left? Ooh. Yeah, it's rough. There's a couple minutes left in the episode, so uh, Shirley and Andre have to have to wrap up their thing. They have a conversation about how, you know, Andre thought that Shirley loved being a mom, and I think sometimes when you're married, you can... Uh, misjudge that, sure, if someone loves taking care of their kids, of course she wants to do other things with her life. She wants to she wants to be a human being outside of that. You want to make mm-hmm. a name for yourself. You want to do things. And I think Andre has lately been stuck with doing the stuff that Shirley used to do, and he's probably ready to get out of it. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a misunderstanding that makes sense. They don't get a lot of time to talk about it, though, because Annie comes – and kind of rudely interrupts their marital conflict to yeah. say that they're invited to prevent a disaster, and they walk back into the room to see that Jeff and Britta are <laughs> getting married for the second time in the show, and not the last time either. Yeah. Really, really funny. Their drunk acting is great. Uh, I think they're so funny off of each mm-hmm. other. I love the way that the guy who's officiating the wedding is just kind of going along with it. Yeah. Shirley walks in and stops them, and it kind of allows for a for kind of a sloppy way to wrap up this episode where seeing them crazily try to do this together uh, uh, like solves Shirley and Andre's marital problems to the point where they just decide to get married here and there. Yeah. It can almost be clever how they're like, you know, they're talking to each of them. And through that, they're like really talking to each other. It can almost be clever. (laughs) It is almost. Why is Andre giving a speech about what marriage means to a man that he's You cheated on the mother of your children with a stripper, then ran off with her for a while and then just came back. Yeah. And sure, it's a little clever how then they're just talking to each other. And when it becomes clear that they're having a conversation with each other, Shirley and Malcolm, (laughs) Shirley and Andre (laughs) play that off really well. But if you stop to think about it, it, the ends do not justify the means for this episode. Mm -hmm. They get married and now it's a party. Uh, they say something like, man, I wish I could get married right now. And, and, and the, the preacher says, well, you, you, you kind of just did the awkward shot that's thrown in there of, uh, Leonard yeah. and Annie hugging each other. It's kind of cute, but it's like, why are they, what is, what does any of this mean? Why are they adding all these things? Why are there all these people at a rehearsal? There's yeah. nothing for them to rehearse. It's usually just the people who are on stage. Yeah. But they have a whole audience. And then the way that all of a sudden it's treated like this was a perfect wedding all along and the the preacher's like, let's party and everyone cheers. And 
Shirley and Andre have their big wedding moment. Uh, Jeff and Britta act like that didn't happen. And then still, we didn't even have this part yet. The awkward as fuck <laughs> cut to all of these people doing this line dance. And I think the joke is supposed to be that it's something that everyone just knows that happens at yeah. weddings all the time. But it just feels like a simulation. It feels like they're really all like weird. Sims that are doing the same dance at the same time. It is awkward as hell. I mm -hmm. did not love this. I do love what gets Troy back into yeah. his weirdness, though. The way that the monkey who's been living in the vents comes out of the vents and smiles at Troy, and Troy just smiles back at the monkey like, oh, hey, monkey. And then <laughs> everything crumbles for him, uh, and he has to go get Abed and, and get him back in the right mentality. They're weird. They've got to be weird. And... <laughs> Abed, it's funny the way that Abed is like normally doing the dance like mm -hmm. everyone else does at a wedding. And it takes a second for Abed to be convinced into being weird. But of course he does. Look at the way Jeff's dancing behind him. It's so weird and it's awkward for everyone. But Troy convinces Abed to be weird. And now they're the inspector and the constable the way that they're supposed to be. <laughs> and Abed snapped out of the Lindbergh lean. And I love the way that once they decide to start being weird... Well, first of all, there's the thing with the girl who maybe was hitting on one or both of them and is like, you yeah. guys are so weird, which like that was a weird moment, too, because we didn't see that girl before that mm -hmm. second. They've done kind of bits like that with Troy and Abed before, but they put no work in for this one. Yeah. Uh, but when Abed does switch back over to being weird, I like the way that then they just start walking around. Abed has a bull on his head and they're like, blow on patrol. I thought yeah. that was a little funny. The dean shows up to give some bad news. Uh, uh, the board loves Shirley's uh, uh, sandwich idea, and then Shirley and Annie do this weird. It's a weird like. There's so many weird things about this episode. Uh, but the dean says that the school board loved her idea so much that they decided to call Subway and sell the space to them, <laughs> which is funny. And it begins a long string on community of Subway. Being yeah. the product placement for the show that gives the show that's struggling some extra money, but they write it into the show for quite a while uh, to where it, it's a big thing in an episode, I guess not next week's episode, but the one after. And the season five finale is about Subway. Yeah, as well. it is. Subway long becomes uh, part of the, the savior of the show. And I think Subway's done that for other shows too. I think they did it for Chuck. Really? I, I didn't see the end of Chuck. I stopped watching. I think watching. Subway did stuff on Chuck. I liked Chuck for a while. But but we've talked. I think we talked about that just like last week or the week before that we. we? That, yeah. I didn't watch it obsessively, but it seems like a cute show. I would watch Chuck. I liked Chuck. The, and the dean gives them bad news and then turns it around that he's mad because he didn't get invited to the wedding. Mm -hmm. uh, and Shirley's plan didn't work out. She's not going to get the sandwich shop. She's got to give up on her dreams. But Annie encourages her not to give up. And then something really f***ing weird happens. Uh, Shirley's got to go break the news to Pierce, who's going to be let down. Uh, there's the sort of funny I'm, uh, look at how Pierce reacted when he thought Adam Sandler stole his idea for Jack and Jill. What's going to happen now that this happened? And then they try to all of a sudden turn this episode at the end into having been a Pierce episode the whole time. Yeah, what was up? Did they say anything about this in the commentary? Why it was such a weird, like, staunch cut to this that no. had no context? Pierce just left the school after the soda toast and then he went to go drink at his dad's grave he goes to drink at his dad's grave look at me now dad how's it taste how many sandwich shops did you own 
Pierce, ugh, Chevy's drunk acting is just terrible. It's There's really nothing bad. emotional to it, and it's not funny. He's just crossing his eyes and yelling. And it feels like the show trying to do again what they did when we had the episode that ended in season two that ended with Pierce yep. like passed out on a bench because he had this pill addiction. Exactly. And that worked really well. This feels like they're trying to do it again. Nothing was set up to make this moment that ends the entire mess of an episode resonant. Yeah, and it just seems like, oh, let's put this here. Yeah, and I don't think they do that much with it after it either. No. What a weird way to end the episode. And because that was so weird, it made the end tag extra weird for me. Because, okay, now Pierce's... It's just a physical comedy bit. They've done this before. Uh, uh, there was an end tag... I think there was literally an end tag with him and a soft serve machine. There was. In it was the three-prong soft serve, or yes. like the mixed one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they've done this before. I thought it was funny just because Chevy Chase is a funny physical comedian. Mm-hmm. And when they said on the commentary that when they filmed this, this was like the happiest Chevy ever was because he likes doing stuff like this. Mm. So we get a second of seeing Chevy kind of as an element in his element. So I thought it was a little funny. But of course it would go near the bottom of the end tags of the show so far because yeah. they've done this before. They've and it done was it. just after that Pierce moment, so it does undercut it. And that's the fing end of this episode. That's it. That's I'm pissed. Not really. There's nothing that offensive about this episode, but man, is it just not that good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just watching this. It goes on for too long. He's whistling. He's looking around. Sorry, I'm still hung up on the ice cream thing. Yeah, and then, of course, the joke is going to end eventually. He's just fed up and, like, walks away from it. The, mm-hmm. There's nothing special about this. It did kind of make me laugh when I watched it. But, mm. yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally this get is where a, you're coming from. Not my, not my favorite community episode. Not my favorite in, in pretty much every category. Like the, yeah. the best stuff, the Troy and Abed stuff, you pointed out real well that the only reason it's good isn't really because the writing is that great in it. No. It's because of how great the cast is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same with the Jeff and Britta stuff. And yeah. it's kind of the same with the Shirley stuff. Because uh, they kill the drunk acting. Especially Britta, I think, is really, really, really funny drunk jeff is a different kind of drunk than she is which is why it's different but yeah they they both nailed it shirley was great in this episode with what she had it's just they didn't have a good structure story. to work with script. yeah good story well that's about as good of a segue into it as any in this episode that struggles in just about every way with just about every character who is who on earth is your mvp so i may give honorable mentions to britta and abed Okay. But I gave my MVP to Shirley. I think that okay. she does have the part of the episode that I think warrants her having an MVP because Troy and Abed are so connected in theirs. One of them didn't stand out enough. Over the, and Abed just stands out a little bit more for me, but not enough more to warrant him winning MVP. And I think Britta did great and she like did well enough to earn it, but I gave it to Shirley this week. It's rare that I get a chance to give it to Shirley. And so that kind of helps her for me this week. Well, honorable mention, I already said to Britta. I think Britta's great in this episode. If she had a little bit more of a meaty subplot, mm-hmm. she could have won it. Uh, I, I don't give it to Shirley. And, you know, I I feel the same way always, that when there's an excuse to, I want to, because there aren't that many excuses. But I don't really even think there's anything that outstanding about Shirley in this episode. Sure. Yvette performs it well. I think I, I do give it to Abed, 
because you say that Troy and Abed are about on the same level. I think Abed does do just a little bit enough to put him above it. Mm-hmm. And that storyline is the only thing in this episode that made me laugh out loud a couple of times. Yeah. His normal voice is really funny. And just the way he acts about all of it, I think, is really funny. I don't have much to back it up. It's a stretch of an MVP. It was hard to find one this episode. It was, but yeah. Abed did make me laugh more than anything else in this episode. So I'll give it to him. Sure. And that's how we end this podcast. How can we end this on any more of a positive note um zach why don't you tell people how they can support us <laughs> and get more glowing rainbows and sunshines like this week well if you want to be a part of the show uh we're we're recording in a little bit of a time vacuum right now so to be most up to date on when we're calling out for trivia mvp and favorite funny moments to be a part of the episode Follow us on Twitter. Steven, you usually say the Twitter. Where can people find us on Twitter? Uh, we're over on Twitter at You Can't Disappod. We're also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And we're on Facebook and YouTube under the name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. And if you want to support the show uh, because you like what we do here, Patreon is the best way to do that. It helps us funnel some money into the show. It helps us cover the podcast hosting fees and things like that. It really does help a lot. Doing the show isn't free. Uh, and and bettering the show certainly isn't free. And uh, we do this because we like to do it, because it's a hobby, but we want to make it as professional as possible. So so your support really means a lot, and we really, I think, make it worth your while to throw us a couple bucks over at patreon.com slash podcast. And that's it for the show this week. Uh, man, I don't think we've ever crapped on an episode like we did today. Not collectively. Yeah. Interesting. Well... From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, I, I don't know. What can we, what is there to say? I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. It's been fun. I love talking to you, buddy. I love podcasting about community with you. I just want a better episode to talk about. Yeah, let's let's try this again in an undisclosed amount of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see if we'll it's try better. this again and see if it's any better. Man. Next week, we will be back to talk about Contemporary Impressionists, an episode that before starting this podcast and not having watched it in a long time, I would have probably said that that episode is my least favorite of the three, the first three seasons. Oof. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm always open-minded going into these, and yeah. I, 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 want it to, I want it to go well. So let's see what happens, right? Fingers crossed. We'll see you all next week. Steven, what final words do you have for the people that spend their time with us every week? Um, lead not into temptation, but drink at the wedding, you blor- Blorgons. I'm sorry, guys. That's the best we got. We'll see you next How week. How you like me Thanks now, for hanging Dad? Out. Have a good week, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>